This is an extract from Riff Raff Rebels and Rock Gods, a journey through the wildest years of British rock. Chapter 1. Blizzard the Buzz, hitching a ride on Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. Birmingham-born Ozzy was always one of my favourite rock stars. I've known him since 1979 and he's always been as funny as he is crazy. Once he casually let slip that he'd bedded all of his first wife Thelma's girlfriends. When I asked if his missus had minded, Oz replied, Why should she? I fuck her as well. <laughs> but Sharon is most definitely the power behind the throne. She may seem like sweetness and light on TV now, but the former Sharon Arden is every bit as tough and shrewd as her notorious father. Back in 1981, we arrived at a concert in the US. Ozzy was supposed to be topping the bill, but he wasn't. Sharon asked the Yank promoter why. He started to reply saying, Listen, little lady. He was a big guy, about six foot five and at least 16 stone, but he didn't get any further. She knocked him out with one punch. Patronising git, she said. When Sharon threatened that she would cut off someone's dick and ram it down his throat, nobody doubted she was capable of doing it. I always laugh whenever I see on TV these days putting on that little girl voice and claiming to love it, even the naffest wannabe singer, because inside she's as soft as an iron bar. It was Sharon who saved Oz from drug-rattled obscurity after he was sacked by Black Sabbath. She lured him away from Don, who promptly sent her to commentary for 19 years, uttering such paternal pleasantries as, When my daughter dies, I'll be at the funeral pissing on her grave. Riff Raff Rebels and Rock Gods, a journey through the wildest years of British rock. I was out in Florida again with him in 1981, when one of his roadies came up to him with a problem. It was the last day of the tour and he caught something unmentionable. Ozzy thought for a moment, strokes his chin sagely, and then advised the poor gullible fellow to bathe his bits in Domestus. Really, Oz? said the bloke. Yes, Ozzy replied, because Domestus kills 99% of all known germs. Isn't that right, Gary? he asked. Mmm, I said. Well, the roadie went away happy, and we all knew he did what Ozzy had advised him, because half an hour later we heard the agonised screams from the floor below. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Ozzy Osbourne now writes a medical advice column in the Sunday Times. Riff Raff Rebels and Rock Gods, a journey through the wildest years of British rock. Live the dream, survive the nightmare, the best years of rock. Iron Maiden, part one. Florida, 1984. I'm in Fort Lauderdale interviewing Iron Maiden for their authorised biography, Running Free, when singer Bruce Dickinson decides to take me and my ex-wife for a spin in his sporty little hide convertible. The temperature is in the 90s, there's proper rock on the radio, and there isn't a cloud in the sky. This is bliss! Nirvana! There's not a worry on the horizon until... What the fuck? Bruce has driven up a slip road and turned left onto a highway where the sight of four lanes of oncoming traffic reminds him that we ain't in East London anymore. He slams on the anchors and stops dead. A Cadillac rams straight into our side. Courage! No one is hurt, but within minutes we have four cop cars around us and no end of fuss. God damn it, Bruce! This is the second time this maniac has almost killed me. The last time was in Germany in 1982, after Maiden had played a festival in Dortmund. Drunk as a skunk, Bruce decided it would be hilarious to throw the Merc we were travelling in into reverse while we were whizzing down an autobahn at 70 miles an hour. Be still, my aching sides. Riff Raff Rebels and Rock Gods, a journey through the wildest years of British rock. 